Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Guys, hello. Hey, before I get started on today's episode, I just wanted to let you know I have got some stocking stuffers for you guys that you can purchase. I probably have never even really talked about this before, but Cameron and I have actually um, a little while ago wrote two devotional books, one called Break the Rules, one called We the People, um, that are specifically for young people. So if you have got a young person in your life, probably from the age of about oh, maybe like 11 or 12 through to about 16 or 17, these devotional books are perfect. Now, We the People is all about how we see the power of God at work in our everyday life. That one in particular is almost sold out. So make sure that you grab that one super quick. Uh, and Break the Rules is all about how we learn to be in the world, not of the world. Um, these have been used by young people right around Australia. Um, a lot of people in schools use them. Uh, life groups have been used them. So anyway, we thought we just wanted to bring the price right down, $7.95 each plus postage. If you would like to do that, buy them for someone for a stocking stuffer, make sure that you go along to my girlnextdoor.podcast, which is uh, on Instagram, and you'll be able to find a link there, which will take you straight to a website where you can grab them. So there you go. Merry Christmas, my little gift to you. Anyway, actually, I have a picture book as well, which you guys probably wouldn't know about too, um, called Imagine We Were, but I haven't put it on the store yet. So don't worry about that one. I will tell you about that next week. All right. So on with today's episode, I want to talk today about how to stay stable in uncertainty, how to stay, uh, I guess, emotionally resilient and psychologically strong. And like I said, if you saw my, um, my, my story yesterday, and it probably is still on there now, actually, um, I'm going to be more vulnerable than I probably ever have been today and just share from a place of my own personal experience. But like always, also for, from some research. And I want to, um, yeah, I just want to help help you, help me, help remind everyone how we can remain stable because we are going through crazy times. Now, yesterday, I went to go and get my essential oils because I was down at Burley, which I'm going to talk to you about why I was down at Burley. But I was down there and can I just say for all of you that just rolled your eyes or laughed at me right then about my essential oils, and put me in the hippie category. Guys, do you know that essential oils are biblical? In fact, behind me on the bookshelf, I'm going to do a podcast on this. Behind me on my bookshelf right now, I have got a whole book on um, essential oils of the Bible. I kid you not, they are full-blown biblical. So don't call me hippie, okay? Um, like, hello, what did the wise men bring to baby Jesus? Oh, frankincense, essential oil, which by the way was medicinal and so was myrrh. Look at that. So if they were good enough for Jesus, they're good enough guys for me. I've got my spice blend um, burning right now, which reminds me of Christmas. Anyway, I digress. So my point was the lady that sells me the oils in her shop, who knows me by now, she said to me, Renee, it's crazy because historically the most popular oils 
have always been the cold and flu, uh, the thieves oil, which you guys, if you, um, if you know Young Living or um, the other company, doTERRA, you know what that is, or flu fighter. But she said, interestingly, even in the middle of all this virus pandemic, they've sold hardly any of that. And what has instead gone through the roof are any oils to do with anxiety. And I found that just, you know, I guess to be backing up everything that I've been um, hearing from you guys, because the past few weeks, most people have been starting conversations with me with these words. So I kind of laugh inside now. I just listened to your podcast episode this week or yesterday. And, and of course, it's always to do with the freedom episodes or the open letters that I did, or just something to do with what's happening right now. And everyone always tells me how crazy everything is, how they don't recognize the world, but I can kind of feel them seeking reassurance from me. I've had a lot of people in the last week or so in tears or in terror or both, um, and so many more messages than I can even poke a stick at. And the common theme for sure is just how anxious and uncertain we all feel. And the truth is, The world is experiencing the most uncertain times that we've ever seen in our lifetime. And what's happening is we are seeking reassurance. And usually there's somewhere where we can find that reassurance. But for the first time ever, 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 nobody and no thing can give us that reassurance that everything's going to be okay. Because the truth is, we're actually all going through this crappy time simultaneously. You know, it's not like a death where some people are affected by someone's death and the rest of us can gather around and support them. Or it's not like a divorce. Someone experiences a divorce and the rest of us can all gather around and support. We are all in crisis. We're all worried. We've all got no idea when and if this will end. And so what is happening is actually a mass anxiety and instability that's going on right now. And to be honest, I also have moments of, uh, of panic or feeling sick to my gut where I feel like, can this really be happening? Where is all this headed? Am I going crazy? You know, the opening of the Queensland borders just yesterday was announced that it was going to happen early. It was meant to happen on December 17. Now it's happening on Monday the 13th. And what the state government is painting as this new freedom that's coming on Monday, really that's freedom for none of us. And I think it's got everyone feeling even more anxious. You know, the vaxxed still have to fill in paperwork to get into this state. They have to show vaccine passports. We all have to show passports wherever we go. That's not freedom. That's a so-called reward for being compliant. The unvaxxed now won't be able to go to a lot of places, locked away from sporting events, cafes, pubs, weddings. That's not freedom either. You know, but then, you know, and that just feels crazy. That it's just like, I'm living in a dream and I know you feel the same. But then there are times when, you know, I'm in my car, I've got my music on or I've got my podcast on and I'm going down the freeway or I'm sitting in a cafe like I was this morning, sipping on my my coffee, thinking about the new puppy that we're going to get early next year. And I just feel really happy and I forget for a minute and I'm okay and it all doesn't matter somehow and I can breathe and I'm fine. But don't get me wrong, 
you know, those moments um, are interspersed with moments of feeling grief, with moments of feeling panic, moments of feeling worry. Uh, And what I want to talk to you about today, I just want to caveat this with, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it's time just to sit back and pretend things aren't happening. I believe we're in the fight of our lives. I believe if more people don't stand up now, it might be too late. I believe that these mandates will not end at two vaccinations and that life will then return to normal. I don't believe that's going to happen. Um, I believe we have to fight for our freedom or that we are going to lose it for our children. But I'm also really aware that one of the most important things that we can do right now is to make sure that we ourselves learn how to remain stable in these uncertain times, because I believe that we have to stay stable and strong in order to stay strong. And a lot of people, and completely understandably so, are struggling and find it, finding it very hard to remain psychologically strong right now. So I want to talk about a few ways that we can do this to stay stable, stay strong, not cave to the anxiety. Uh, and I want to talk about my own experience. So what do I mean by staying stable? I mean, how can we stay mentally strong? How can we stay emotionally resilient? How can we stay calm? How can we not allow ourselves to be overcome or overwhelmed with the anxiety? How can we not give in to panic? How can we not change our convictions no matter what's going on around us, but at the same time, stay peaceful and calm? Um, How can we have the strength to endure this? So John Huston Finley says that maturity is the capacity to endure uncertainty. And that's a very challenging kind of a quote. Basically, it's saying that the greater our capacity to endure right now, the more mature we are. So our maturity is really being tested. So we've got every reason, guys, to be, you know, losing our stability right now and to feel anxious because in the past 12 months, we've been forbidden from participating in the activities in our life that brings us joy. We've been forced out of jobs. Businesses have closed. Our daily routines have been destroyed. We've been told we have to stay in the confines of our home. Then we're told that society is on the the verge of a complete economic collapse And when a crisis like this leads to rapid change in our normal routines and rhythm of our lives, it's really disorienting. And these are the things that lead us to feeling unstable and anxious. Um, Our identity and sense of stability is actually built on the patterns of our lives, our routines, our habits, our jobs, our hobbies, our relationships. And it's not easy to maintain our sense of self or stability when these patterns have been completely interrupted and turned on their heads. So the order of our lives that helps bring a sense of order to ourselves has been interrupted. So the shock, there's been like shock waves to our normal life patterns. And when these are serious enough, which they have been, 
we find it hard to absorb them and then we become susceptible to a psychological breakdown or at least to, you know, some people are saying PTSD or at least just mild anxiety in in even the most strongest of us. So how do we stay psychologically strong? There's a term I want to coin today, a phrase that I want to talk about that I want you to remember. And I know you will because it's so unusual, but if we feel our emotions reaching a fever pitch, we have to interrupt the process. We can't just turn to reason or argue with our emotions. That doesn't work. So I want to talk about a little key phrase on how to remain psychologically strong. But let me start with this analogy. So our 18-year-old boy, Liam, he has never broken a bone in his life. But about a month ago, he broke his wrist in two places playing Oztag, of all things. And the the pain was immediate, right? Like he went pale. He said to me, mum, I thought I was going to pass out. Now, he's been under the care of this amazing orthopedic doctor, and they've put him in a removable splint instead of an actual cast so that eventually he can take it off for what he calls showering privileges. So the cast, um, you know, or the splint on his arm helps that broken bone to remain still and rested so it can heal. Now, even after a month, the doctor has still not granted him showering privileges where he can, you know, bathe like and take take that splint off and bathe his arm. But just between you and me, we've done a sneaky quick taking it off once or twice because we cannot stand the smell. So we've been a bit naughty, but the doctor's aim is for his arm, his broken arm to rest enough to be supported enough so that it heals strong so he can go back and play sports the rest of his life with a properly functioning arm. You and me and what we've been going through emotionally and psychologically, our emotions, our psyche has become like that broken arm. And so what we need to do is we need to allow periods of rest. We need our emotions and our hearts to be given time to rest and be still in order to heal. Just like you cannot continue using a broken arm, we cannot continue to successfully function with overwhelmed, broken, stressed out emotions. So this is the phrase I want you to remember, and it's called taking a moral holiday. And this was first, don't you love that? Just take that in for a second, taking a moral holiday. So this was coined by, um, a man called William James. And he was an American philosopher and psychologist, often referred to as the father of American psychology. And he said that the key to our life is taking a moral holiday. Let me quote him. He said, quote, the universe is a system of which the individual members may relax their anxieties occasionally, end of quote. So basically what he means is, We need to give our emotional brains a break. So just like we put a broken arm in a cast to rest it, we need to give ourselves um, periods of time where we rest and give our emotions a break in order for them to heal. Now, this is where I want to get a little bit vulnerable. I learned this the hard way. And to be honest, I'm still not super good at this because of my personality. 
but being aware of this key as a strategy is actually has become one of the most helpful things I've ever learned in my life. And so I want to pass it on to you. Now, my personality is that I find it hard to switch off. I find it hard not to be overly responsible for everything and everyone all of the time. People message me and talk to me. I want to help. I want to fix. But years ago, and I think I've talked about this once before, but years ago, I had a panic attack um, not long after moving from Adelaide to Queensland. I literally was lining up in the supermarket line at Aldi. And because of that, I didn't know at first what it was. But I stumbled across, because of this, a Christian doctor, which of course I don't call stumbling, but I believe that the Lord led me to her. And she explained what was happening to me so superbly. And I'm so grateful to her to this day. She put things in perspective. She pointed out, she's like, Renee, you have just moved states away from your family, your friends, your support network to a place where you don't know anyone. On top of that, Cameron has um, had been traveling for for about probably 12 to 18 months and he was away because he had to earn money. So I found myself alone in a new place with no one and nothing familiar. So she goes, this is normal. And she said to me, she compared it, my emotions to being like a rubber band. She goes, Renee, you have stretched your emotions as hard and tight as they can go. And if you don't give them a break, You're putting more pressure on your already stretched emotions, which is like someone now grabbing that stretch rubber band and pinging it. So now, you know, when you you stretch a rubber band and then you, you flick it, it kind of pings and vibrates. She goes, your emotions are the rubber band and that pinging and vibrating are your nerves. They're like you're a panic attack and your anxiety and the physical symptoms you're experiencing. And this helped me to realize that the physical symptoms of anxiety were not the problem. They were just the result of an emotional and nervous system that I had put under way too much pressure. Now, I was mortified when she first told me this because I kind of pride myself on being a strong person. You know, I'm the one that's there for everyone else. But remember what I said before, when the rhythm and the flow and the order of our lives is interrupted, this affects our sense of self and our sense of stability. Now, after that, I tried a lot of things to try and stop the anxiety and the the feelings of panic that would sometimes come on me, but the harder I tried to fix myself, the worse I became because all I was doing was putting more pressure on myself to get better, which was increasing that emotional load or that stretching of the rubber band, and it was making the anxiety worse. In fact, I was stretching that rubber band even more by putting pressure on myself to quickly be fixed and to get better. I tried reading books, I prayed, I quoted scripture, but my relief came from a place I never expected. I stumbled across, again, I don't call it stumbling. I really believe that God led me to this just secular book, wasn't even a Christian book. Um, And it taught me the way out. And it was so unexpected. Now, this book didn't call it a moral holiday, but it's the same thing. It talked about how the answer lies in the acceptance and the surrender to the anxiety. So in effect, what the book was talking about was this moral holiday that William James was speaking of. 
So let me explain what a moral holiday is and what it looks like and what that could look like for you. People mistakenly think when they start to experience emotional overload or anxiety that, oh, they need a physical holiday. We need to get out the situation. And and yes, that can partly help, but I promise you it will not fix it because we bring ourselves wherever we go. And usually it's not actually even the workload anyway that we're, that we, um, that we've been experiencing that's causing it. it. It's this emotional burden that we've been carrying. So Jack William James explained that a, a moral holiday has nothing to do with where we go. It's got everything instead to do now, bear with me here to coming to a place where we just stop caring, where we allow ourselves to let go of our burdens, to relax, to give our conscience a rest, to relinquish our struggle, and just to become genuinely indifferent to what becomes of it all. And studies actually attest to how this helps, like again, like a bone that's resting in a splint on how this actually helps us. Because what this does, this act of surrender, this giving in, this accepting the burden, this being indifferent to whether the problem stays or goes, that is where our emotional brain actually gets the long needed rest that it's been craving. This is what stops the cycle of pressure. So then when our emotions and our minds can rest, they can heal. And when they can heal, then they become stronger for us to go back and face the things that we're dealing with right now. So let me, let me give you a parable just to help explain it from another angle. There's this parable of a man who found himself at night slipping down the side of a precipice. At last, he caught a branch which stopped his fall, and he remained clinging to it in misery for hours, which is kind of like a lot of us right now. But finally, his fingers had to lose their hold, and with a despairing farewell to life, he just let himself drop. Guess what? He fell just six inches. If he had given up the struggle earlier, his agony would have been spared. Great parable for you and me right now. We're holding on for dear life. Just let yourself drop. Taking a moral holiday can actually stimulate a reaffirmation and a joy in our life. You know, there are only two ways to get rid of our fear, our worry, our anger, our anxiety. One is that just all of a sudden, the opposite emotion should overpoweringly break over us. So all of a sudden, we find ourselves in peace and calm. That very rarely happens. The other alternative is that we become so exhausted with the struggle of our fear, the struggle of anxiety, the struggle of our emotions, that we actually just have to stop drop down, give up, no longer care. But this is what we need. This is what gives our emotional brain center a much needed rest. And this state of temporary exhaustion actually helps us become stronger and heal, which leads to us passing into a stronger and more joyous state. So let's talk about how can we do this? And this is going to be different for all of us, but let me tell you one thing. 
You can't pretend to emotionally rest your brain. When it came to me experiencing um, all those years ago, anxiety or the panic attacks, I literally had to not care. I literally had to actually welcome it. That's what this book said to do. Welcome it. Like, come on then anxiety. What else have you got? What else are you going to throw at me? Are you feeling a bit faint? Are you feeling like you're going to pass that? Come on then. But we actually have to literally not care because our brains are really clever. We can't pretend not to care. We have to come to a place where we actually don't care. And that takes practice. So I remember once I had a panic attack right as I was getting onto a stage to preach. I was mortified. Now, I was then petrified after that for a while of getting up on a stage. I was like, oh my gosh, what if that happens again? How embarrassing. What am I going to do? My only way out and through it was to get back up on a stage and not to care two hoots if I had another panic attack next time I walked on the stage. What I did is I came up with a plan. I was like, oh, well, who cares? Who cares if I get up on the stage and I start having a panic attack? I'll just get the band to start playing and pretend to start praying for people. I literally thought that I I had a way out where I could kind of, you know, give myself a moment. But if I did care, my worrying so hard that I was going to have another one put more pressure on me, which would have actually led to a much higher likelihood of me having one anyway. So what I did is I learned to see the anxiety and the feelings of stress and panic as my friend. I began to see it as my beautiful, crazy, messy friend, because when they came, I saw them as my reminder not to blame other people, not to blame my circumstances, not to blame what was going on around me, but to take responsibility that, oh my gosh, this is my reminder that I've weighed myself down emotionally too much. I've taken on too much. And when they came, they were my reminder that I had stretched my emotional rubber band too far again. I didn't blame someone else. I didn't blame my workload. It was me. It was something inside of me. So When I felt these feelings come, and even to this day, if I ever feel myself kind of slipping back there, I know that it's time for a moral holiday or an emotional brain break. So let me give you some practical steps. Um, Basically, you need to find some form of activity that relaxes you and recenters you. Uh, For some people, like, you know, meditating on scripture, Um, Carl, Carl Jung famous um, psychologist. He used to paint. Um, Walking. I know for me, I love going walking. Okay. Another one. Okay. Vulnerable moment. Guys, I love crime podcasts. I love them so much. I'm going to do a series on crime podcasts. And if you are not a crime junkie, it doesn't matter. This is going to like entertain and make you laugh. So I'm I'm going to do this for you over the next few weeks. I'm going to be your emotional brain break. I'm going to have Isaiah come along, boying down the road. He loves it too. He does the same thing, emotional brain break. It could be lifting weights. It could be having a conversation with a friend. Um, Let me get a bit more vulnerable, but this is why... I was so gutted when Callie, my beautiful big girl, died, my dog. Um, I had a friend actually rang me on FaceTime because she goes, I want to see your face. How are you doing? And I said to her, I remember crying and I'm like, I'm so embarrassed at how sad I am over a dog. And I, I, guys, I truly, and I still am, 
Literally, I cannot watch videos of her still. I truly, truly, oh my gosh, I'm going to make myself cry. No, I'm not. I'm truly, truly so sad about that. But you know what my friend said to me? She's actually a counselor. She goes, Renee, it's no wonder. She's your, she's your therapy. She's your, she was your emotional brain break. And I'm like, yes, you're right. She was, she was my moral holiday, which is why I'm getting another dog. You know, being with her meant I wasn't thinking about everything that was causing me stress. Being with her meant I wasn't thinking about people and caring about people and carrying their loads and caring for her. Oh my gosh, she was caring for me. And so that's why I'm getting another dog. So find what it is for you. Have in your arsenal a list of activities that you can use that recenters you when your emotions are knocking you off center. Um, another powerful thing that to do is, is to do nothing. Just what I mean by that is to no longer accept anything. Just literally take anything. Um, don't absorb anything. Just stop reacting to stuff. Because what that does, that actually is like us being a bit, you know how bears go and hibernate for the whole of winter? When you just decide I'm not going to care for a minute, that actually is like hibernating. That's when I did when I got up on the stage, when I was worried about having a panic attack, I actually did nothing. I didn't care. I was like, so what? I actually just don't give two hoots. I'm just sick of this ruining, ruling my life. I don't give two hoots. If I'm going to get up on that stage and I have a panic attack, I don't care anymore. That's really powerful because relief comes. Relief comes by not doing, but by relaxing and throwing the burden down. It's almost like a case, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. The world's going mad. I might be about to lose my job. People think I'm crazy. I think people are crazy. Whatevs. Let the wind blow as it may. Um, I am just going to, you know, I'm just going to not care. And there comes a freedom in not caring. Now, I don't mean to continue not caring, but I'm talking about having snippets of emotional brain breaks. Another thing that we need to do, turn off the fear porn. We all know what the fear porn is. Media, social media, the news, the the daily updates by our our premieres. Turn our eyes away from the fear narrative. The catastrophizing of the media is not helping our sanity. I haven't been on social media much the last few days. I've been feeling it a little bit. It's foolish to place our trust in them because right throughout history, they've been caught out in lies and false reporting. So let's not join the hype wagon. So learn to reestablish the order of your days, okay? Instead of following your days, just drifting mindlessly from one activity to the other, fill it with rewarding activities. Get out your arsenal of activities, learn, build, fix. Um, For me, another one's reading. So I'm rereading Redeeming Love before the movie comes out. Um, So don't let this crisis go to waste, okay? Just remember that what, what feels like a breakdown you can actually use this strategy of a moral holiday and and let it become a breakthrough, okay? And what these little moral holidays do is they help you to reorder yourself around your values and around the patterns of life that make you more resilient and more adaptive, okay? Another one is to spend time in nature. So this is what I did yesterday. I was feeling really overwhelmed yesterday. 
Um, and the, the way both Cameron and I, we started kind of snapping at each other a bit and, and we always are not snapping at each other. Well, we do, but we're snapping because our fuse is starting to get short because we really sometimes get a bit overwhelmed with the emotional burden. So we looked at each other and we went, blow this, Ashton, get in the car. We're going down to the beach, which is why I ended up down at Burley, down at my oils place. Now that's another thing in my arsenal that gives me great joy. I love just walking into my oils place, which is way cheaper, by the way, than Young Living and doTERRA. Um... And just being in there and looking at the products and smelling new smells. And I bought, you know what I bought yesterday, guys? I bought a little um, diffuser that you can flick on and it gives you 60 seconds. And I've put it in my car and I bought a new, because my sinus has been a bit blocked. So I bought a new oil called Breathe Easy and I just put it in my car and inhale. Anyway, I was so excited about my little purchase. And while Cameron went to the beach and went swimming with Ashton, I sat in a cafe and read because they are my, that's my happy place, coffee and books. Now, was I perfect at it? No, because people kept texting me and I kept replying and I jumped on social media a couple of times and Cameron said to me afterwards, did you relax? And out of the two hours that I was there, I probably relaxed for maybe one hour of it, (laughs) but I'm getting better. I know what to do. But it's really undervalued how regenerative it is to pick an activity. And, you know, for us, that's going down to the beach, going down to Burley, even though I didn't step foot on the beach, but the boys did. But being in a natural setting is just so therapeutic and so revitalizing. It doesn't have to be the beach. It could be the local park near you just to see the beautiful things, to look and find joy in the small things. Um, to see the brilliance and the beauty in the common places and find joy in everyday life. That is so healing. All right. So you guys know I'm a fighter. You know that I think we all need to stand against the division being created right now by our government. I think we all need to stand against anybody losing their job. I think it's just huge discrimination going on, but you will be stronger. You and I will be stronger and more emotionally resilient and more able to cope with what's going on and with the fight if we give ourselves regular emotional brain breaks. So let me ask you, when was the last time you gave yourself an extended emotional brain break, like a whole day or a whole afternoon where you just turned off the emotional, turned off the fear porn, turned off the phone and went and took up that activity. It could be, I know someone that, that is absolutely nails planting a great vegetable garden, like just become a brilliant, is that called a horticulturalist? I feel like it is. Take up a, a new hobby, do something for yourself. When's the last time you did that? And whatever that is, I want you to do it regularly, okay? Remember that phrase, take a moral holiday. You are allowed to, not only are you allowed to, but you need to for your sanity, for my sanity. And I'm reminding myself today because I'm a bit of a workaholic and I could keep going even without holidays. I literally just go, 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 go. And then though I fall in a bit of a heap and I've got to catch myself before I do that. So just remember, in times of great disorder, silver linings can still be found, okay? And finding 
your emotional brain break, your moral holiday, that can be a beautiful silver lining. I know for me, one of my things, I am so looking forward. I'm not even going to tell you what kind of dog I'm getting. I'm going to leave that as a surprise because I am so excited to tell you the whole story. I haven't told you the story behind this new dog that we're going to get. It's not coming till next year, but I literally am holding on to that thing. Like that is my emotional brain break. I plan for it. I'm buying a puppy pen. I'm buying toys. And my kids are like, mom, what's going on? I'm like, guys, this is my moral holiday. So you go find yourself yours. Okay. And like I said, I'm going to give you one by entertaining you in the next few weeks. You cannot miss one episode. I have actually got a criminologist coming on. We are going to do a couple of episodes together. I cannot wait. Boy Down the Road Isaiah is coming because we both have an obsession with crime podcasts. I've had some weird experiences that you guys are going to want to hear these stories. And it's basically going to be a good half an hour or so each week of a good brain break for you. So you're welcome. Anyway, guys, you know how much I love you. Make sure, like I said at the start, go along and grab yourself um, from galnextdoor.podcast. The link is in my bio to go to... Uh, a website where you can grab one or both of those devotionals. And I will make sure I add the picture book as well for a really super duper cheap price for a stocking stuffer to help build resilience in the young people in your life. Really good devotional books because Cameron and I couldn't find anything that wasn't kind of a bit nerdy for teenagers. And so we decided to write one ourselves. Guys, I love you. And I will be with you on Friday for Parenthood episode. I'll see you then. Bye.